opening ceremony. Fifteen puppies. How marvelous. How marvelous. Waiting. Hey guys, this is Travel Junkies, a podcast for travel enthusiasts. This is episode eight. For the next seven weeks, actually, we're here. The Olympics and Korean culture galore podcast. As of right now, that's what we've been talking about leading up to the Olympics, but it's happening right now. So if you're listening the day. to if you're listening to our podcast, we really appreciate it. But honestly, go shut it off and go watch the opening ceremony at 6 a.m. <laughs> uh, Eastern time. And it's going to be amazing. So this is a pre-little recording before the opening ceremony starts. My name's Heidi. And my name is Carmen. So Heidi, you are an expert on this opening ceremony. Or what What can we, what nuggets of information can we give people be- prior to watching the opening ceremony in the next few minutes? <laughs> so it's the opening ceremony today. Yay, finally it's Woo-hoo. here. We've been talking about it for weeks. Woo-hoo. It's going to be really early on the East Coast, 6 a.m., because that's the time zone difference, but that's okay. I downloaded my NBC Sports app. I'm going to live stream it on the way to work. You know, just listen to it, not watch it. Just listen to it. Yep. Um, Because I'll be driving. But some cool facts about the opening ceremony. Of course, we, you know, we kind of talked about it's being the opening ceremony is going to be held at the Pyeongchang Olympic Stadium, which was specifically built for these games. And that stadium is going to seat. 35,000 people, roughly. So that's a lot of people. No actual event is going to be held inside of the stadium. Like all of the events are somewhere else. So like the stadium is basically just for the opening and the closing ceremonies. That's that's interesting that they that they only used it for one purpose. Yeah, they built this whole thing just for an opening and a closing ceremony. (laughs) I hope it's worth it. I really do. So it's going to be really cool. We've got a nice little lineup coming through. The opening ceremony will have, it's going to be available for more than 200 countries across the world. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And so you're going to see quite a few K-pop stars, which we love to see. Like, for instance, one of the members from Sister, Mm -hmm. Hyolin. She's going to be performing the Korean National Anthem. Whoa. So that'll be cool. That's fantastic. I've also heard rumors. It is. Fantastic, baby. (laughs) I've also heard some rumors of EXO and CL coming and doing some closing ceremonies. Mm. There's going to be some other bands doing some cool things. So keep your eyes out for that. I'm excited about it. But... The whole purpose of the ceremony is going to be focused around the message of peace. They're going to have five children from the rural Gangwon province leading the ceremony. And it's the ceremony is going to include animals, nature, and a cast of like 2,000 people. They also said that they're going to incorporate some augmented reality and 5G technology. So I wonder how that's going to happen. Any ideas, Carmen? 5G. 5G. I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to be like when we went to baseball games in Korea where you don't hear anything, but you have your phone and you're listening to the announcer on your phone and doing your barbecue in the stand. I wonder. 
<laughs> so that's the 5G well, implementation. Saw- <laughs> you have your phone right beside you with <laughs> some type of announcer on the other side. <laughs> so when I saw it said like augmented reality, the I immediately thought of the Japanese like hologram singer. Yeah. That tours and does little like hologram singing concert. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, are they going to have like a hologram person? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I don't think that's what they mean, but I'm interested to see. The Parade of Nations will be led, of course, by the Greek team. And that's kind of Olympic custom, like because of the ancient Olympics. Yeah. Then the Greek team will be followed by competing countries in alphabetical order based off their Korean, their names in Korean. So, okay. Like, so I guess USA, it's, you're not going to see it in the U's. You're going to see it in the M's for me, Gook. Okay. That's going to be backwards for me because I don't know all of the countries in Korean. Right. So it's based off their alphabet. It's going to be in alphabetical order based on Korean language. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Russia did the same thing as Sochi. They kind of did something similar because a lot of their words were in Cyrillic alphabet. So yay for Hangul. Yeah. I am interested to learn like what the Korean name is for all these countries. And then of course, start making flashcards, um, Heidi. Just learn them all. <laughs> yeah. Russia, I got that one. Miguk, that's us. Can- Canada, that's Canada. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Maybe I won't be be as lost as I thought I was. Heidi, be. you're smart. You know how to read Korean. So that's true. Well, and I'm sure once I see them and their flag like their flags will are on most of the uniforms so. yeah yeah but so if you want to keep up with some of the stuff that's going on with the olympics a great place t- to follow is on twitter pyeongchang 2018 they have been posting lots of fun videos of different team members from different nations coming they're posting gifs they're posting welcome videos and they even have like a cute little welcome video with like all these different stars and actors and singers and stuff he's on there too yes jangun (laughs) suk was the first one he was he was the first one in the video and so it was really interesting because they're really trying to promote peace yes in this in this ceremony so that's the main focus but the U.S. Embassy in Seoul actually just tweeted a picture. They got this massive banner done that stretches from the top of the building all the way down to the doors. Uh-huh. And it's basically, it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, two, ten different U.S. Olympic athletes on it. And it's in Korean and English. And it says... Passion for sports connects us all. A warm welcome to U.S. team and all participating athletes. So that huge banner is hanging on the U.S. Embassy in Seoul right now. Just kind of cool. And they did a ceremony. I'm not too particularly sure what it was for, but they had like these dove-like helium balloons that went up for peace. And then they also have this mural that is for the Olympic Village to show that there is symbols of peace and unity, even though the walls divide them. So it's more of a peace and unity between the two Koreas. And they also did a yeah, ceremony with cool. the doves. So that's that's neat that they're they're really trying to bring the two together. 
they are. And I just want to say. <laughs> they also promote the temperature. Yesterday, <laughs> that's what I was about to say, Carmen. I was going to say so they're even cold. letting you know the weather. It is negative 19 Celsius. You got to get those um, heat packs, people. Buy those so please, heat packs. Please, please, please. You guys stay warm out there. This, you know, as much as I would love to be there, Carmen, I think this is probably going to be one that I'm really glad I'm inside watching. Yeah. And we do have a blog about how to stay warm. <laughs> we'll have it in the show notes. <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> ching, ching. <laughs> so I- I'm really excited, especially like the torch and how that all that's going to play out. And they even had a robot that took the torch across some of the... Uh, the country they also had king sejon hold up the torch so it's like a symbol of their history walking with the torch did you know they spent 13 billion dollars on that stadium i just hope that they use it for something else like big bane's next concert or something (laughs) but all their concerts are very up up close and personal so i don't understand what they would use it for after that I don't know. They'll do something with it. But so so you're going to be in this country. You're going to be cold and you're going to want to eat something. Yes. Carmen, what should they not eat? Well, I mean, they can still try it if they want to, but it's no, it's kind of OK. It's kind of sad. K. It's actually literally K. <laughs> Dog. Fish offerings, not food. So. One thing that we discovered when we were in Korea, we would go to these restaurants and they would have these cute little cartoons. So they had a cute little chicken, a cute little pig, a cute little cow, and then a cute little dog. And you're like, these are so cute. Guess what? Those are the menu items. That's your meat. You get to choose your meat. No no lie. It took me like six months before I knew that. (laughs) I thought it was just a cute little design on the wall (laughs) right beside all the uh, menu items. So you pick your meat and I've, I've people that I've talked to have said that even though they've tried dog soup, it's actually pretty good. And vice.com. I really like their documentaries, even though they're, they're weird at times. One of them was I ate dog soup and it was shamefully tasty. So no, I have not eaten dog. Kegug. Is it Kegug? Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know. K is dog. Gook is meat. Oh, well, gook is soup, not meat. Soup, soup, sorry. (laughs) You're so, you're you're right. See, the idea of it just makes me so sick. Yes, I'm listening to her outside my door bark, and we're talking about eating dogs right now. I'm just not okay with it. But, you know, like, they're talking about, like, banning that during the Olympics because of the petitions. So dog soup is bossing tang, gejanggook. Or in North Korea is called Dangogiguk. So Korean and South Korea talk a little different. So they have different words. In 1988, the South Korean government tried to ban dog meat as a menu item because they wanted to show the world that they were not barbaric. And that really didn't stop, but they did lessen the amount that they were selling. And this time around, people are still eating dog meat, but they're trying to decrease it because of the sale of dog and cat meat. And by the way, China does the same thing. They'll eat anything. (laughs) And they also had like a ban 
when they had the Beijing winter, uh, Summer Olympics. They also banned the uh, consumption of dog meat, dog and cat meat. So it's an animal. I understand where that comes from. They've eaten this since the 1300s, but since they are man's best friend and I have a really cute standard poodle, I don't think I could do that. Even if I was dying and I needed to eat something, I, I don't know if I could do it. Carmen, if I was I've stuck eaten a lot on, of things. I've, if I was stuck on okay. a mountain and it was freezing, I probably would still not eat him. But if he dies, I'm, I might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I, I've eaten a lot of things. And Carmen, you've eaten a lot of things too. But because we've been to a lot of the same countries. And, you know, we've tried to have an open mind about the things we eat. Yeah. Um, in the situations we're in. But this is not open-minded. This is not open-minded. Very, very closed. <laughs> minded to the dog. A dog is a pet. It is not food. Um, And honestly, I would take... I would take the bag of, of bugs that I ate in Thailand Market over <laughs> eating dog any day. You know what I mean? And hey, guys, don't knock it. Those larva worms kind of taste like Cheetos when they're baked. But if you've lived in any country but the U.S. and you have dogs running about, they're not your pet. They're nuisance to society. Do you get what I mean? Like if they are not trained from the beginning, I could see why a society would be like, hey, we've never trained these animals. They are a nuisance. What's the next step to Well, it's not like they're just eating. picking up stray dogs on the side of the no, road. No, obviously dogs this are has become a like chickens. Oh yeah, like this has become an industry. So I understand that, but back in the day, I understand where they come from as well. Do you get what I mean? It's evolved into something that I don't think it's okay because we always laughed Heidi and I, we would go and they sell dogs for pets too, but they were always the tiny little dogs. So we always laughed when someone had a lab and would be like, whoa, that's a big meat dog. <laughs> Do you remember that? We laughed about that. You, you don't yeah, think that's you funny? The guy in Hongdae that had that giant dog that was like almost a mini pony. I know. Lots of dog He'd food. on the street. I'm sorry, I, I got distracted because I was finishing reading this Vice article that you talked about, and it said that the the Moron Market, which is like an open air bazaar, yeah, it makes up thirty percent of almost two million dogs that are killed for consumption every year in South Korea. That's just sad. I mean, there's a I I know I'm sad for the dog too, but. I can't just but go and police the either. world. Like, <laughs> I know that it says like they're in cages, like you can buy them, like you could buy chickens, but they cost like two hundred and fifty dollars. That's yeah. not even cheap meat. So what? What's the point? I mean, and they're skinny dogs too. Again, they're small dogs with no meat. So what's the point? <laughs> they could have. I'm pretty sure they could maybe start breeding wolves, and honestly, I would be totally okay with that. Or coyotes. <laughs> There's, yeah, I hate coyotes. They're still like dog type. So they would, I would assume that they would taste Yeah, but they're similar. evil. I, I know, well, but. Well, okay. We have exhausted the poor doggies. So. I'm getting sad. We love the little Carmen doggies. I need you to cheer me up. And Heidi, you and I were almost 
adopted a dog or bought a dog, but those little tiny teacup dogs are so expensive in Korea. They're so expensive. <laughs> so my suggestion to you, if you're going to South Korea and you really want to see a dog and a cat and they're being protected, go to a cat cafe or a dog cafe. That's true. And we recorded our experience at a cat cafe on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash next stop channel. And we had a great time. Now, the cats do get tired of being petted, <laughs> but it's fun because you go in and you get your coffee and you put your little slippers on and you walk around and you avoid the litter boxes, but you can sit on a windowsill and watch the world go by and then a cat will come up and snuggle with you and See, <sighs> it's it's the most Carmen amazing really thing. really likes the cat cafe, but I really enjoyed the dog cafe because it was like all these different dogs. I'm more of a dog person. She's more of a cat person. Yes. But me, it's okay. We experienced both of them. Actually, I didn't ever go to a dog cafe. It's still on my list. <laughs> was it loud? And who did I go with? I'm not sure. Your, your other Carmen friend, I guess. So was it loud at the dog cafe? I will say, not like super loud, but there there was more people at the dog cafe than at the cat cafe we went to. Okay, yeah. The thing about the cat, the cat and the dog cafe is the dogs stay on the ground. Yeah, the cats. I'm not drinking my coffee, and the cat walks in front of me and hits me <laughs> or swags their tail. You know, like then there's cat hair everywhere, and I no longer want to drink my coffee because there's no lid on my coffee. And there's cat hair everywhere. And they fall it's in not front the of same. you. <laughs> on the, there's on a the little table. bit more dignity to the dog <laughs> cafe. <laughs> you know, there's some rules. The dogs stay on the ground. They don't, they're not jumping all over the table and walking around. But it, it's really cool. It, you get to see a lot of different species of dogs. Oh, yeah. And the cats definitely are different, too, over there. So you don't have to go all PETA on North in South Korea, they still want pets and they do love them. It's just that there is a market for this type of meat, unfortunately. So hopefully it will stop. We'll see. But they're just going to have to be a less of a demand and then people will stop. Because if not, so we want to cheer meat on. will go black market. And then that will be even sadder, I think, if it's a law that they can't have the meat. They just collectively need to decide this is bad. It's sad. No. Okay, Carmen. No. We got it. No. It's bad. <laughs> now, I think we want to cheer on all of these Olympic athletes, no matter what country they're from. Yes. We want to cheer them on. And in true Korean spirit, we're going to teach you how to cheer on your Olympic athletes. So you get your hand like Rosie the Riveter, and then you bring it down. Like two fists. You fist at an angle, and then you bring it down, and you say, fighting! fighting! So they're trying to say fighting, and did see this on MASH. It's like one of the first few episodes of the first season. They they go and they save this Korean boy, and then at the end of this little speech saying, thank you so much for taking care of me, and that I'm free from the North Korean tension or whatever. Then he says, Fighting! And I just laughed so hard because my mom called me after being in Korea and she said, guess what? Guess what? They said something that I recognized. They said fighting. And so now, you know, when you watch MASH, this is a Korean slang term for you can do it. 
let's do it together. And everything is possible. But my favorite is when you take it like an extra step and you make sure to say, aja, aja. Yes. Which means that right? you, like it gets you pumped up. So aja, aja. Yeah. So fighting. Aja, aja. And then Korean. Like, come on. Let's is, go. Let's do it. <laughs> and Korean, Korea, South Korea is dehan miguk. And so sometimes and international matches, they'll say dehan miguk fighting. So it's like they're saying, Korea, fight. So it's a little punch, punch, punch. Or you can also say, Korea, fighting. Go, Korea, go. So everything. So if you wanted to pump your kids up, just say, fighting. And then everybody chimes in together. It's like you get your fist and everybody does it together. What's something else that, something short we can teach about Korean when you're walking down the street and you see this mom dragging their kid <laughs> they're saying bali bali hurry 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 <laughs> come on we gotta go come on <laughs> we gotta finish this podcast it's almost time for the ceremonial i'm opening. getting hungry <laughs> <laughs> the, the cool thing about south korea is that they've started to integrate a lot of international terms so most likely it's english terms and so we kind of know what fighting means so it's like fighting then you also have, if you get to read, if you learn how to read Korean, you can read in the subway. You can read escalator, elevator. So it's like, oh, I know what those are. They will be in English underneath. But if you read the Korean, it's just much easier to read or figure out, I guess. I love how you say elevator. <laughs> elevator, escalator. That's true. Like you'll be reading something and all of a sudden you're just like, oh, that's just the English word for whatever so north korea on the other hand still thinks that they're talking with the best dialect ever so it's like your grandmother saying like no this is how we talk everyone we don't say yo you say you there come over here (laughs) instead of yo yo come over here (laughs) and then you have different differences like hangul is Korean and then in North Korea they'll say Joseongul so it's coming from the Joseon dynasty which is like one of their famous ones what's juice Heidi juice great and North Korea is Danmul which is like sweet water which I think we used it but Ugh. it was more for like a like a traditional drink all right yeah so okay so this one's a little bit different but caramel what is that? Caramel. 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 And North Korea, it would be Girim Satang. So it's a little bit like older terms that they're using. You can read a lot of the time and figure out what they're trying to say by just focusing on the nouns. Because there might be like a adaptation from an English word like lotion, lotion. And then in North Korean, it would be san kyolmul which is skin water. That's the translation. So it's like they they haven't evolved with the rest of the world, unfortunately. It's okay. That's why I'm really concerned about that girl hockey team. They're going to have like all these miss words going on because North Korea is so secluded. I'm sure they're a little bit used to it. They've been practicing for a little while now. Yeah, I, I think they, they'll work out, but it's just, 
interesting. So I, I'm going to attach a video to the show notes of South Korean, North Korean translator. So you can see like the differences between the two. Did you like learning the alphabet? Like, was it hard to learn? I would definitely say that out of all of the Asian languages, Korean's probably the easiest. They're very proud of their phonetics. phonetics. Yes. They're so proud of the fen- the like the phonics part. I mean, and and there there's a reasonable amount of characters, okay? And like yeah, it, it's very it, it's kind of similar, you know, like English can be phonetic too. And so and then when you combine certain things, they make a different sound. And so it's the same way with Korean. But like Chinese has so many and Mandarin has so many characters. Because they're pictures. So I would definitely say if you're trying to learn an Asian language, that's a good place to start. Because even Indian was really hard for us to learn just like simple phrases. Yeah. You know? And they use, they also use numbers like Western world does. So it's all the Arabic numbers. When you go to Japan, they use all their numbers. We were so confused when we had to order food. And so... Definitely Korea will make food choices much easier because then you'll know how much you're actually paying for <laughs> instead of what am I paying for at the end of the bill? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think the most confusing thing though is like when because not only is the like Korean language, there's the Hangul side, which is the phonetic, but they also have like the Chinese word because it originated from Chinese. Yeah. And so what I always found really confusing is you have one word and you have it in the Chinese heritage, but then you also have it in Hangul. So the Hanja and then the Hangul. Yeah, it's like, okay, so when do I know if I'm supposed to use the Chinese version or the Korean version of the same word? And like the numbers are like that, too. They have two different sets of numbers. But you learn it. No biggie. Yeah, they, they, they claim that they're not from China. Yet they borrow a lot of things from Chinese culture as in like the learning aspects of it because they used to highly regard the schools of thought that came from China until it got taken over by communism and other interesting waves of governing the, the people over there. And so Korea has always had like a very rigorous education system since the beginning. So whatever China had at one point, it, it's Korea has preserved it or made it better. So that's why they study so hard is because they've been studying since the 1300s or more. <laughs> they are the hardest working people I've ever worked with. And I love that. So thanks for listening. If you want to check out more from us, just head on over to nextstopchannel.com or hit us up on Instagram at nextstopchannel. No, I didn't eat. I didn't eat any dog meat. No, I have not eaten dog food. Kegug is it? Kegug.